Greetings, everyone. This is a call to actions. I'm your host, Bobby Vaughn, and we got a very special show for you guys today. We got Kimberly in the studio. She hasn't been on in a while. She's just been doing her other uh, separate independent research and stuff like that. And uh, today, we're, we, we have a, a guest we've, we've had on here before. His name is Alex Hilton. And to all who, who haven't listened to our previous episodes, Alex, he is a payment and technology software programmer and an open source enthusiast. And I even consider him an investigative researcher due to his in-depth time that he spends on undoing uh, documented research. He's, he's good, good all-arounder, always on the computer. And because of that, he is a software programmer, like I, like I mentioned. And uh, he's going to give us his perspective from his line of work on pretty much an unavoidable topic, COVID, and potential conspiracies that surround it. Alex Hilton, welcome back to A Call to Actions. Hey, thanks for having me, Bobby. Oh yeah, where do I start? There's so there's so many places to go. So let's just kind of start with a general question. What is your opinion on COVID nineteen pandemic? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, only because there's so much misinformation on both sides. Yeah, and from your perspective, I mean, you're flooded all the time with uh, with technology and what's going on in the um, computer programming and software uh, mm. world. Um, you're also involved in uh, what, payment programming or payment software programming. Um, I was. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a different life. But, yeah. Uh, well, let's talk I about. Yeah. Let's talk about your perspective on that here in just a few minutes. But I want to make a comment that th- there is so much disinformation on both sides. And I think a lot of people are basing their opinion on what political party they've signed up for, what news they're choosing to watch on the TV. And they're both biased. Um, there are some good news sources, but you gotta, you know, you gotta search it out and find it uh, to get a good straight down the middle, uh, seeing it from both sides and calling both sides out on it. But you know. The um, the Democratic individuals are, are all for all for getting vaccinated, uh, even so much to push for vaccine equality. You know, to the to ones who um, usually wouldn't have access to what most people have, and then you have the uh, the Republicans or conservatives who just um, who just choose not to wear a mask necessarily. And uh, this, these are the stereotypes. I'm not speaking from, from my honest opinion on, on what uh, different people are based on your own, you know, your own beliefs, but you know, generally that's, that's how it is. Like when I choose not to wear a mask uh, walking down the sidewalk, although I'm not Republican or conservative necessarily, 
I am cons- I am kind of conservative when it comes to medicine and uh, certain uh, AIs, but when I choose not to wear a mask, I mean, I automatically know people are thinking that I voted for Trump. Well, I think that's the, I think that was the game, though, you know, and I think that's why Trump was put to run against Hillary, was because it had painted, you know, the sides that you had. The Republicans are now painted as Trump Trump folk. Yeah. Um, it's no different than you know. Think think before when people would refer to conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. I would get into an argument pre any coronavirus or you know COVID as I like to call it. Um, but pre this, people would love to call anybody who had a dissenting opinion. They, they they would refer to you as like Alex Jones. Quit watching Alex Jones stuff, right? Because Alex Jones is a agent provocateur whose job was to um, flood the the conspiracy quote-unquote community with bullshit and he became like the face of it and so anytime someone would you know have a dissenting opinion you can now throw them in that bucket and that's what Donald Trump did as well too aside from selling us off to you know basically Israel um, Mm -hmm. which he did a very good job of doing that um, but also the American war machine, right? He was John, Donald Trump, whether people realize it or not, they say he didn't really start any wars, but he had no problem sending private contractors into war, which hmm. is no different than sending the American military. So, you know, to me, when people paint that picture of Corona and what side you take, it's that spy versus spy, black versus white, you know, age old, they're trying to pit people versus people. And, you know, to the point that you made, you know, when people see you without a mask, they, they will label you a, a Republican or a Trump person, you know? And that's, yeah. that's that what the propaganda is designed to do, is that you are now at odds with your neighbor. Yeah, now you have the vax against the non-vax. It's like, it's the same garbage. And I I believe that that most people who, who are just completely closed-minded and, you know, take one political side, <laughs> like, to heart and spiritual belief, uh, believe that we who do not choose to take the COVID vaccine, or sorry, lack of vaccine is not even the right word, the COVID DNA modifying experimental injection that auto- Don't even call it that. Simply just yeah. call it what it is. It's a, it, it is an untested drug. So it's a test. Yeah. It is a global experiment. It's an experimental drug. Yep. Oh yeah. Now, I, are you guys gonna? Are you? Uh, I didn't ask you guys. Are you guys gonna take it? Oh God, no! Absolutely way. not. No. You'd have to behead yeah, me before I would nah. do that. <laughs> yeah, I should have asked you that. Uh, and along that line of, uh, of I mean, uh, I refer to it as COVID. Do you think I'm going to take the the vaccine or you know, COVID nineteen eighty four? I have no. <laughs> I'll I'll trust the government when I fill up a a, a pasta strainer with water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I've never seen much truth. Like I said, I read through the, that thought, didn't it, Kimberly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, mandatory masking. I mean, the science behind that. What's your, your basic opinion on, on that? I haven't worn a mask. I, well, I have. I've done it. I'm not gonna, I've worn a mask, but I've worn a mask maybe five times since the pandemic started. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. I think if, if we were to be, if we were honestly, if 
CDC wanted us to protect ourselves from a virus, they would allocate funding so that every citizen had the proper uh, respiratory mask. I mean, sending out these, these surgeons mask. What? <laughs> Who, well, who's been convinced uh, about those? Man. I actually, I have a different perspective. So I almost died when the pandemic started. I ended up getting a, a normal infection mm -hmm. and they refused to treat me. I was considered non-essential. It was considered cosmetic at first until yeah. um, they had let the infection sit for four months and it basically spread all over my body. I mean, I was on my deathbed. Gosh. Um, yeah. Um, you know, long story short, I ended up getting onto a prescription. They end up healing me. Um, you know, and I'm on a prescription for 12 months of my life that costs almost a thousand dollars a month for the medicine. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't able to wear a mask because, and here's the irony. I want, I want you to understand this. Mm -hmm. I had a lung infection, a bacterial uh, fungus. It was a fungal infection in my lungs. Yeah. And then since they didn't treat it, it spread to my skin. And I was unable to wear a mask because wearing a mask would cause the moisture of my breath to basically cause mold and I could reinflame the fungal infection in my lungs. Hmm. So if there was a viral pandemic going around, the last thing in the world you would want to be wearing happens to be a mask because you are at a greater risk of getting a viral lung infection per my doctor who was a doctor of infectious diseases. Wow. Well, that says a lot there. Uh yeah, I did see, um, I talked to you when you were getting over your infection. I'm, I'm you know. I think uh, I picture, didn't I? Yeah, I'm really glad you got over that because that was a little, yeah. I've never seen anything like that before. Nobody had. And let me get this straight, but because of COVID-19, you were non-essential when you went in with this potentially life-threatening infection, but they, they chose not to treat you because you were, quote, and let's remember this historically, a non-essential. Correct. They said that they were just prescribing me medication after medication. And one of the medications I had an allergic reaction to, and because they, they, they refused to do a biopsy, so I couldn't get a biopsy mm -hmm. to tell me what it was. So they were just yeah. like, well, it could be this, so take this medicine. Hmm. And I had an allergic reaction to one. I ended up going to the ER. Then instead of taking a biopsy at the ER, they sent me home and told me to go back to my doctor and he'll prescribe me something different. Mm -hmm. Prescribe me something different, two, three weeks later, I'm like, I mean, I'm drugged out. I lost 30 pounds in like a month and a half, two months. Um, I mean, it was unhealthy. And yes, because I was considered non-essential, meaning it wasn't coronavirus, mm -hmm. they refused to do a biopsy. I couldn't get a biopsy anywhere. Yep. Nobody would see me, a dermatologist would not see me to do a biopsy. Kimberly has a story that I think people would like to hear. Um, there was an individual that told you a story about her dad who was in a nursing home. Yeah, this is, a, she's like a 36-year reporter in the UK, and she was um, interviewed by uh, David Icke's son just recently, and she was saying that... Um, that she wanted to see her dad. He's in a nursing home. In fact, he's not doing very well right now. But um, they they said if she was going to take him out for the day, that he was going to have to be quarantined 
for two weeks. And she brought up the she brought up the point of, well, if the people that are working at this nursing home are coming and going, riding buses, interacting with all kinds of people, going to grocery stores, being with their family, and they don't have to be quarantined when they go in and out every day. Why are they punishing these elderly people that just want to spend some time with their family? She ended up getting them out of there for a while and um, had them at home. But then he just recently had a stroke and he's in the hospital right now and he may not make it. But. Yeah, it seems like a, a deliberate attack on the elderly and and even uh, Christians that choose to go to, um, you know, church buildings um you, you know most most christians choose to go to the buildings so um it, a de- deliberate attack on, on both of those and you have any any uh info on how the elderly have been have been attacked or uh, taken advantage of well i mean i think that i'll give you a personal experience mm-hmm. for one um you know my grandmother was in a nursing home when this started i was sick i wasn't able to see her she was basically separated away from everybody so everybody in this nursing home they had they weren't allowed to get up and walk around and my grandma was a very uh i mean she was mobile right like she could walk she could talk she had like you know mid mid mid-stage dementia at that point but she needed the help of like what a nursing home would give her. And they isolated everybody that was in that place. And by the time we got my grandma um, who deteriorated, she looked like what the, one of those photos from world war two of like the, the famine victims, you know, out of Ukraine and, and stuff like that. And I mean, it was terrible. And I finally got to see her when we brought her home for hospice. And she went from, um, what you would think of like a, a, uh, a woman who was 79, 80 year old, you know, woman, she was far more mobile than most people her age, mm-hmm. never smoked, never drank. And then she deteriorated to nothing and passed away. So they isolated these people. And if you look at what they did in New York, for example, with Cuomo, he was forcing people into the nursing homes and these were the most at risk. So this is nothing short of murder, in my opinion. I agree. Absolutely. I belong to a group, um, a Facebook group that started about three or four weeks ago. It started because a a guy in the UK, um, his wife got, you know, the experimental, um, what do you want to call it? Um, Experimental injection. Injection. And like two hours later, she died in his arms. And they were, she was like 43, something like that. Mm -hmm. So he started this group. And someone added me to it um, about a week or so ago, and the group just exploded. It was everyone coming together to share their personal experiences of either what happened to them, what happened to a family member. And I was in the group, it had like 43,000 members. And then like the next day or two days later, it had like 99,000, it got up to 130,000. Like it was just growing because everyone's wanting to share their experiences come together from all over the world and Facebook shut them down. So they created a website and then they created another group and they're slowly building back up. Mm -hmm. But people are sharing their personal experiences there and I'm seeing a lot of that same kind of thing where they're saying, oh, I, my, you know, my mom or my dad was in a nursing home. We said, absolutely do not 
give them any injections and they would give it to them behind their back and end up dying. Right. No, because they're it's murder. They're property of the state when they're in nursing homes. That's right. Well, and, and you know, this is what I think people should be careful about is and they need to monitor is the legislations that the states in their local cities are passing because in the state of California, um, children, I think, under the age of 14 now can be vaccinated without the parents' permission. No mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, those... Uh, yeah, while we're talking, I'm going to see if I can find the article. But, you know, this is the kind of stuff that people don't realize they put into legislation before they start to get things done because they don't want accountability for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if, even if you're not a person who necessarily agrees with uh, government in general, I think it's important to keep up with what those that believe they're in charge out there are doing and using our money to do. Um, well, I think that's a big red flag when you talk about no accountability. The fact that these, you know, that these pharmaceutical companies don't have liability and there's no accountability, it's such a big red flag. It's like, why wouldn't you have accountability? I mean, if this if this is if this is something that you've put research into, then you should stand behind it. Well, like, why wouldn't you have accountability? And why would you have pre legislation? To me, it's all cold calculated. Yeah, I mean, well, yes, you can't have. They could not have written these bills for legislation in the amount of time. When the pandemic started, do you think that they, I mean, how magical is it that all of a sudden uh, a thousand page, no, you know, you're no longer liable, guys, for this federal emergency, create us these magic vaccines? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's as if these uh, these injections, uh, this exper- these experimental drugs they're injecting people with were already in the warehouse, lined up, ready to be launched into the public domain. <sighs> No one's going to convince me that you can roll out a vaccine in 17 weeks and it actually be a good vaccine. Well, it's supposed to take seven to 10 years of testing and they roll it out in like 14. Either either it's complete garbage, complete garbage, and a lot of people are going to die from it. Um, or, or, Or it's part of a plan that they already had up their sleeve. It is. Well... I mean, we can't we can't say for cer- certain that it is. Even though all signs would, you know, a rational thinker would say yes, that's the case. Yeah. I mean, but I think that's what the propaganda flow was designed to do was to throw in so many different things. I mean, Bobby, earlier you brought up the attack on the Christians and also, um, you know, the issues with the vaccine. So you brought mm-hmm. up two very different topics even though they're related yeah they're using the vaccine and yes i i do agree with you that they're they're definitely waging a war against christianity and in white especially white christian america but to bring those up in the same breath is difficult and that to me is what the propaganda is designed to do oh yeah oh yeah you're, you're either leaning one way or the other right and so so now we can't have discourse so even when you start talking to and you refer to them as a leftist you know, people that lean left, uh, let's say politically, that are more inclined, let's say, to take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. When you even bring up 
religion for the most part, I'd say most of those people identify as atheists or have an atheist, you know, science-based, you know, mindset that follow that if we're going to categorize people, mm-hmm. you know, so if, if you would agree with that, then I think when you bring up, you know, Christianity and God, then that will invoke an emotional response in them. All they, you know, to my opinion, the rationale behind the propaganda and what they're doing with, with COVIDs. And I think there's a couple hmm. things I want to say about that, too, is um, in one of the reasons why most Christians that are awake to what's going on is, you know, we have a, an insight of God within us to have the eyes and the ears to see and hear where we're not caught up in the propaganda, but we question we question these things and we're not steered like sheep to, to take the propaganda as reality so we can see things bigger picture we can question things bigger picture and that's why it seems like those that do you know fall into that category don't have a relationship Uh, with god let me set this straight uh an individual who claims to to follow god signs up for war to go fight a war that they don't understand killing their brothers and sisters killing their neighbors is not a true follower and us we would we were consider we would be considered weirdos uh, uh kimberly and i uh both due to our political or say absence of political beliefs and that uh that jesus is the only king that could ever lead humanity um it's a spiritual war i mean at the end of the day it but it's they're using physical things to infect mm-hmm. people without their knowledge and so it's not ignorance is bliss it's really ignorance is death at this point because so many people are dying because they didn't have enough information that would help them make a good decision on what direction to go with this hold off for a minute do a little due diligence don't just assume that what the fear-mongering propaganda through the media is telling you go this direction do this do this now um, make people feel like they're pressured to do it because if they don't, they're a disservice to humanity. And people are falling for that. And it's sad. It really saddens me because a lot of people I know have fallen for it. And either they can't handle hearing the, hearing the truth, that there's more going on to that picture, or they're I mean, they've already, I already know someone who's died that was a high school roommate, I mean, high school roommate, a high school friend. Um, and people are still saying, oh, it wasn't related. It wasn't related. He just got vaccinated and died of a heart attack. He was a young guy. It's like, you know. Well, I, I have a theory on why people are accepting. I, I do not think people are stupid. My theory on this is that whether you're God-fearing or not, whether you believe in your religious or not, I think everybody can agree that the system that humanity currently works in is not what is meant for our soul. Like it is not a fulfilling life. No. Mm-hmm. And so people don't care if the system itself in a lot of ways is imploding because the system never worked for them. And, they're, and I think deep down inside, they hope that it's gonna be better, you know, on this new path that everything's going when in turn it's actually going to be more of a path of a, a, a it's going to be a dick 
a dictatorship basically run by a few companies above. Yeah, it seems global mm-hmm. as well. I mean, the big COVID excuse was you know the the red carpet being rolled out to uh, you know for the globalist leaders to march down. Um, and we're, we're seeing all kinds of other stuff along with it. You know, these uh, spot robots <laughs> actually policing people. Um, Boss, well, Boston Dynamics is the company. You know, something I tell a lot of people, because I know there's like a lot of despair, especially when we start talking about COVIDs and, and this whole lockdown and, and, and the fact that people are adhering to this, you know, blows my mind. But I think something that's important that should give everybody, you know, cause for hope is mm-hmm. if they were actually winning and, and, and the world was actually leaning towards this agenda, they wouldn't need to be pumping us with this propaganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. So they're trying really hard. I mean, they, it's they, relentless. they have to use neural marketing techniques, studying the human brain in order to see how different people in different situations respond, react to different verbal and visual stimuli just to create commercials that target you. Well, and it, you know, and this is kind of, I think we discussed this on, you know, that previous episode where um, I think I brought up that mankind, you know, entered a new age of technology. You know, the age of the internet was really, you know, like, the age of iron, the you know, the bronze age. I mean, it was a defining moment in human history. And I don't think people were ready for the jump that we were going to take. But I think as we're starting to see the generations of these kids are born in technology, these kids get tech, mm-hmm. like they're born into it. That's all they know, tablets and phones. Yeah. They're not as easily bought. I, you know, I, even though they are, and I think they can be easily bought into the propaganda cycle, I think they're easily awakened to it. And the one thing about this whole Corona crap is I think it awakened a lot of people and a lot of people have broken free from this shackle. It was definitely a, a, an awakening experience. Yeah. So I, I have actually hope, whereas before I actually had despair and then Corona came and yeah, I had some despair about it cause I was sick and dying, but as I healed and got healthy and I'm starting to see the world shape up, I mean, I only see specific, Yeah, same here. The majority of people I talk to as well um, are, are not. Uh, there are some, and you know, the ones who do get it are, are really happy. And I mean, if that's what makes them happy, I just I just hope they don't have serious side effects because obviously this vaccine, in quotes, is killing people, um, and and it, it that bugs me a lot. And and now in order to to prove, you know, for society to to reawaken or to rise from the ashes, you know, the the symbolic phoenix as as they're using, um, for the world to reopen. Many companies around the world, the uh, the Good Health Pass Collaborative, if you've ever heard of that, the Good Health Pass Collaborative, which is a a collaboration of about. 25 companies and corporations, uh, government um, individuals, and things down that line, uh, health, uh, are rolling out 
passports for people to use in order to enter society, say to, to go to the store and and even marketing uh, marketing their passports to uh, vendors, say the ma manager of a store will have a, a certain device that scans a person's uh, barcode. What is it called? Uh, what's that? What's that? See it. CFC code or what? What is it called, Alex? That uh, uh, they got QR codes. QR, QR codes. QR codes. Yeah. So each each um, each individual that has proof of being vaccinated, you know, downloads their apps, <clears throat> and you know, through facial recognition, proves that it's them with their uh, with their ID, and there's a, a QR code assigned to you onto your device proving that you have been vaccinated or tested negative and it's it's bugging me that we're seeing these type of quote passports being rolled out into the general population and i want to say in in this this collab this worldwide collaborative say globalist collaborative good health pass collaborative the key word in there is pass one cannot pass without this and we're seeing IBM uh, is invested in it their MasterCard PayPal 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 is PayPal joined on uh, uh, there's there's quite a few groups into this yeah passport area yeah mm -hmm. PayPal. there's another there's another group that's coming out um, Something to look out, and I think something all your listeners should be very weary about yeah. is um, they're probably, I don't know if anybody's paid attention, but they're talking about putting, you know, turning the USPS, the United States Postal Service, into a banking infrastructure. Yeah. And something as I brought up earlier in this conversation is that people should see what they do in advance. You know, years, you know, two, three years ago, a lot of people won't remember, but the USPS patented a blockchain process. And it basically had like the social crediting system um, embedded into it all. Um, when we get done with the recording, I'll, I'll find the patent and I'll forward it over to you for your review. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you look, at, if you start to see where they're moving us to, because you can't have the vaccine passport without controlling the digital currency. Mm -hmm. So you can't have physical mm -hmm. currency to allow people to circumvent your rules, right? So before the vaccine passport can even become reality they've got to digitize a mobile wallet meaning you know like what's on your iphone or your google wallet yep. and that in turn is going to have everything about you tied to it but the only way they're going to be able to do that is they're going to have to issue out us a loan digital currency so the american paper dollar will die and you're going to see some new blockchain type currency will get rolled out and then that will be tied to the vaccine because yeah. if you can't pay for things and be a part of the general public, that I mean, that's the only way they're going to be able to deny people services. So, you know, people in America, if they want to keep their freedom and not be stuck into this, they need to demand, you know, control over their currency. Otherwise, that passport is just going to bulldoze everybody. Well, yeah, that's the mark of the beast. At that point, you can't buy or sell without it. If right. there's no, yeah, you can't get around it by having paper currency. And that's the only currency there is then that is truly the mark of the beast. Right. Hmm. And to, I think to Bobby's point that he was bringing up about, you know, the conditioning aspect of things, you know, like he, 
what did you say, Bobby? You said it's like, you know, it's a pass, right? Oh, like, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. It's a pass belt, right? You ring the bell, the dog gets a treat, and its mouth is going to start to water. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're slowly doing with people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I brought this up before, but I want, I want to mention this again to anyone who hasn't listened to all all of my all of our episodes. Is um, is the the herding of the sheep scenario, uh, or the flock of sheep scenario? You know, when this when this first started, in it probably still is, uh, probably still happening. I don't go out that much, um, but um, you know, in supermarkets or regular stores, they had arrows to point you in the direction that you needed to go in. And then, you know, you found your stuff, put it in your shopping cart, and, you know, we're still standing six feet apart from one another until we check out. It's, it's as if these individuals are symbolic sheep being herded down the aisles. A certain direction. To be slaughtered. <laughs> and at the end, it's either, you know, you either you pay with your, your passport or... You know, say at the end, you you know, you have to get an injection in order to buy your stuff, and there's a possibility this injection could kill you. So it seriously is like like a slaughtering the sheep scenario. Well, not necessarily even kill you, but you, I mean, you could get really sick and have yeah. long term. Nobody knows, and that that's the problem is no one knows what these injections are going to do, and. You know, my biggest hesitancy to this is when I look at, you know, flu and pneumonia statistics and the fact that they've disappeared and there isn't some massive increase in deaths from last year, Hmm. uh, you know, why in the world would I take this? You know, they said my mom, my mom was hospitalized um, about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and they said she had COVID. I didn't buy it. It was the same flu-like thing that she had when she came back um, from a trip a couple years back. We've all had that flu that lasted like two, three weeks. And Mm. she took three tests, all came back negative. She didn't have it. And then the fourth test, they came back positive. Oh, we got to hospitalize, you know. Whoa, whoa. It's like, you know, and I don't understand the rationale Mm -hmm. on how somebody think it's like okay i've taken three tests they said i don't have it so now because the fourth one 25 percent of the tests came back and said i had it positive you yeah know? yeah so i mean if we're, we're seeing all the, these countless examples that these tests are failing then why are we still putting our faith in these tests well they're saying if you if you listen to some of the doctors they're talking about how they're completely faulty in the first place that they're not set up properly they're not even supposed to be used to be tested it's the founder of the founder of the pcr test carrie moss Mm -hmm. his exact words was one he called fauci a fraud and two that the pcr test should never be used to identify a virus it's only there to replicate it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i mean he, he passed away right as the pandemic was rolling out that's very interesting um, so just to anyone who doesn't know, the PCR test is the most common uh, test f- for COVID or the COVID-19 test. And you're, and you're saying, I've heard this before, but I never really thought about it um, that much and, until I just heard you say it, that it, it's used for, 
for replicating viruses. Right. So basically the threshold, so my, and I'm not a scientist, but my understanding is how the PCR test works is you run the PCR test at a different set of cycles. And depending on the cycle threshold that the machine runs at, you will be able to, you could basically run the machine. And if you run it a specific cycle, you, if you want to get AIDS, you'll get AIDS. That is crazy. So that's why it should never be used for that. It's used to enhance science, not as a means to identify right. and while we were talking of it. I'm just looking for the video. I yeah. have it saved. Yeah. And you know, if you don't mind, I'll just play it in your, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel free. You know, but this is this is Kerry Mullis, okay? Okay. And he is the founder. He's the guy who created the PCR test. Mm -hmm. He is a very smart individual, and he interesting development in that. And he is going to tell you right here, and this is on the NobelPeacePrize.org's website of. Um, why he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for the PCR test in 1993. Okay. So the PCR test was, I think he created this for the AIDS pandemic, was the original, I forget the... Well, it was, okay. you know, it was typical of, of a really interesting development in that I was looking for something else. And, and you know, it was a, it was a, like PCR was the, the possible uh, outcome of a solution to a hypothetical problem that didn't really exist. <laughs> I mean, I was working on trying to sequence single base pair, you know, think what they call SNPs today, single nucleotide polymorphisms, because those were medically important. And I was trying to do it with oligonucleotides because I ran a lab that made them, and we had really improved the efficiency with which we made them over the three or four years prior. So that we were making, we could make them a lot faster than the company Cetus that I worked for could use them. Well, I'm gonna pause it. It's a, it's a long clip, and I'll send yeah. you the clips, and then you can share it with um, on your website and to your listeners. But and I'll I'll give you the parts of the clips and identify where he says and and, and says what the PCR test is for. Um, you know, and that's what should give people a lot of pause, right? Because they're using the PCR test. And the guy who invented it is going to tell you, you should not use it for this. Hmm. Fantastic. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate that. And one thing I wanted to bring up that, you know, we're seeing this pattern of is when this whole thing first came out, people that were dying of different things were getting labeled as get dying from COVID. So that helps push their agenda of, of fear of death. You know, don't, so that kind of helped, you know, work their numbers. Like you said, no, there's no flu. There's no, you know, all these things that were normal are no longer there. It's just all COVID. And then now when they're, people have got vaccinated and they're dying from the vaccinations, they're saying it's not related. That's right. It's not. Well, and they control, so this is the problem when you consolidate industry and let a few companies control the flow of data. So there's no difference 
just like what we see in the banking industry and what we see in the media industry where there's about what, like 10, 11 companies that control the entire industry. Mm-hmm. In, in the scientific publishing industry, there's five companies that control the scientific publishing industry and their profit margins are just as high as Google and Apple. Mm. So, so when you have the consolidation, you know, how easy is it to have a conspiracy? Mm-hmm. Pretty easy. I mean, they're that, monopolized. That almost sounds like privatization. Pri- the privatization of medicine or the medical agencies. Right. It, it's a monopoly that's manipulating whatever direction they want things to go. Correct. Mm-hmm. And you know, I came across that um, information for a magazine that I was working for. Mm-hmm. And I was writing an article on a woman named Alexander Elbikian who created a website. I don't know if you guys have heard of it called SciHub. SciHub. Um, it is the possibly. world's largest collection of free peer-to-peer science research. So basically, oh, wow. she, she was a undergrad or she was going for her master's degree and couldn't access data. And then she also couldn't afford a lot of the peer uh, reviewed journals that she needed access to. So she created a website that basically scraped the internet, took all of these scientific studies and reviews and put them up onto a website for free. And she ended up becoming an outlaw on the run from governments and all these people. And then the more I dug into what was really going on in this industry, it turned out that five companies ultimately controlled the entire flow of the scientific community. Wow. Oh. So you may hear 100,000 scientists that claim to be scientists, but if Reed et al. Selvier chooses not to publish uh, you because mm-hmm. they publish 100% of the psychology papers that are out there worldwide, then you're not gonna be a peer-reviewed scientist. Dude, that's, kind of, that's like the priest or the pope Trying to come between us and God, you see what I'm saying? What's it? What's that? The the what's that little box? The well, what's the box well, they use? And here's the, even the crazier thing about science, and this is what really pissed me off. So the majority of science is actually paid for with taxpayer money globally. So like mm-hmm. University of Wisconsin yeah. will get a, a a grant, right? A, a government grant, which is our taxpayer money, to do a scientific study. And then what happens is, is they do the scientific study, turn around, publish it to Reed L. Selvier, and then Reed L. Selvier turns around and sells it back to us. So we're basically, as the taxpayer, paying twice if you want access to the thing that you've already paid for. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, you're right. You're right D- about double that. Double dipping. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm all for open access, um, you know, public information, but I don't think someone who just pretty much archives and distributes the information out to the public should be penalized or look at like a criminal though. Well, it's a threat, oh, yeah. it's a threat to their Not system. Really. <laughs> yeah, a complete threat to the system because who knew that a scientific journal company makes as much money as Google and Apple? Hmm. And so now when people make the claim the science is settled, because people don't know this, I ask them, which company are you telling me that science is settled from? Because it's coming from one of the big five, either the American Chemical Society, Riedel Selvier, 
Um, and there's three others. And these guys will monopolize. So Riedel Selvier will have monopolized the psychology um, field. So anything that's related in STEM or psychology, Riedel Selvier publishes. So, you know, a lot of people, when they go out and they do their own research, you know, and I find this to be the case with a lot of people, especially with the COVID crisis, is that they will give me some scientific study and I'll go and look at where the study really originates from. They'll give me a scientific website and it's really, it's really Riedel Selvier. I'm like, what the fuck? That's like, come on guys. Are you not seeing, it's literally the same source of information that you're giving me every single time. Yeah. So there is no science is settled because one, that's a redundant statement to make anyway. It's never settled. <laughs> we never yeah, have all the answers. Right. That's the whole purpose of science, right? Science right? can't be settled. You know, so, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people have this emotional reaction as you brought up earlier, Kim, mm -hmm. and, you know, they take their emotion and then they'll go out and find information that supports their emotional reaction and mm -hmm. share it. And they don't really truly understand what they're sharing. Yeah. Uh, truth hurts well, sometimes. From. Yeah, truth hurts sometimes. Sometimes you got to dig deep in, into uh, uncomfortable zones to find the truth. You I know, mean, it's shocking sometimes. It, it really has. It, it fundamentally it comes from ego. Like the ego does not like to admit it's invested in a lie. So it would rather look for information to support the lie it invested in mm -hmm. than to admit that it was wrong. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That's right. Well, and it's because, you know, think about this, though. I mean, we've been indoctrinated since we've been children to hold a certain set of beliefs. Yep. And when you start to see in an event like what's happening right now, those, that belief system, that everything that you knew may have gone away. Mm -hmm. It's a difficult thing to accept. And I think a lot of people you're seeing that are running to the vaccine or just buying into the narrative because it's not like they're not rational thinkers. Mm -hmm. Before this event happened, I'm sure a lot of the people that you know that have taken the vaccine, these are intelligent people that you would never have guessed would have done this. I agree 100%. And I, I'm- Blows my mind. Same here, and I'm convinced, and I'm convinced the only reason they, they did go off and do that is because of their political pull i don't think it's political bobby i think it's just people yeah, have been pushed into fear and they think that they're doing a service to humanity by protecting themselves and others around them and okay. that that is to me the propaganda that's being pushed on people that's right I mean, if you listen to the propaganda networks the nprs the cbs's mm -hmm. the fox um, they're pushing a fear-based narrative. I mean, mm -hmm. what was the, did you, did you guys see the Project Veritas CNN release of uh, CNN's technical director? No. No, I haven't seen it. That he, I'll, I'll, I'll share that video with you and, and you can share that source with mm -hmm. your listeners also. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's uh, one of CNN's lead technical directors basically saying, yeah, we don't control it, it's all fear-based. And there was basically a conspiracy to, to do this to take down Trump. Hmm. Now, for your listeners, I don't support Trump, but I mean, it was an obvious. Yeah, dude. Yeah, going going, going back to the the spy versus spy scenario. I mean, that kind of is what politics are. Um, and I mean, you know, both sides are full of bad guys, really, really bad guys. And definitely, I don't support Trump. 
do I support Biden? Absolutely not. You know, he's reinvesting in the drone program. Um, hopefully he doesn't hopefully he doesn't purchase his own personal one and contract some uh, scientists under that guy that you were talking about and go out and, and spray vaccine on the population of the US via autonomous drone. Well, well what about Bill Gates? I mean, what about Bill Gates releasing all those genetically modified mosquitoes in Florida? He's Who's just to say they don't have this mRNA vaccine or yeah, you know, something. Exactly. Yeah. There's, you know, if there really was, a, I mean, and here's my thing, if there really was a global pandemic happening, why are you going through and doing all these, you know, fucked up, excuse my language, experiments? Is now the right time to be releasing half a, you know, half a billion mosquitoes into Florida that you made in a lab? Yeah, let's genetic the modified ones. Yeah, kind of like the antidote or the vaccine against the disease-causing uh, ones. That's, That's crazy. That's right. Yeah. Something I wanted to bring up too that I've I've been hearing people share personally. Um, over the last couple of weeks and also starting to see articles come out about um, one I saw today is the people that are not um, taking the poison are now getting affected by the people that did. So there's this, uh, I just wanted, I'll make mention of this. This is an article I saw this morning from someone I really, um, she's a really good person. She runs this um, blog called Moms Across America. She started out bringing awareness to like the genetically modified stuff to mothers number of years ago and she put out this article this morning and one of the I'll quote one of the paragraphs that she's sharing uh, about a study uh, published in the journal of pharmaceutical pharmaceutical policy and practices states quote on the 19th of March 2020 scientists from Oslo identified an antibody from vaccinated individuals, which they suspect is responsible for attacking platelets and causing recent thrombotic events that you know you hear a lot about blood clots and um, that kind of stuff. Now, what they're finding out um, is they're doing surveys now because there's a lot of women that are having miscarriages, their their menstrual cycles are changing, they're having all kinds of, of like really not normal issues and even the people that didn't get you know the experimental injection are getting affected by those that did and i just put that up today on on my facebook page and one of my friends said she's a nurse she's not you know taking the experimental injection she's a frontline nurse working around those that have received it and she just had a cyst burst on her ovary. So we're like, I'm, I'm talking straight up people I know are having these experiences and they're doing surveys now to try to find out like how many people are getting affected by this. So I think this is causing infer infertility. Um, it's definitely messing people. It's like shedding this um, platelet attacking antibody um, onto other people. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to be around anyone that's vaccinated. My mom got my mom got around a friend who got recently, and she can't literally with spending a couple hours with her somewhere. She walks out the door and she's like, "I feel like I'm getting sick," and she got sick and now she's got bronchitis and she's been sick for over a week. So it's like my mom was around a vac, you know, the experimental injection person friend, and now she gets sick. And my mom wasn't sick; she's healthy. 
So I'm seeing this pattern everywhere right now. So how better of their agenda to get pushed even further if you can't get those to come take the poison than infect them by the people that did? Well, and, and what you're talking about is called shedding. Yes. I, while you were talking, I, I pulled up the influenza CDC um, link about safety of live attenuated influenza vaccine. Yeah. Shedding transmission and phenotypic stability of the virus. Basically, it's the CDC's <laughs> own website explaining how people who take this vaccine within two days are ex able to expose what they have to others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I give you guys that link. Feel free to share that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Listener, yeah. You know, because I know a lot of people, you know, like, as I was looking for the article, the first thing that popped up about shedding was fact check. Coronavirus vaccines don't shed. Right. But as I took the time and scrolled through the search results a little bit, I came across the CDC's own website that mm -hmm. basically is telling you, yes, this is what happens with vaccines. Mm -hmm. And from what I've heard about what you were talking about, Kimberly, is the um, coronavirus vaccine shedding can last up to two months with the coronavirus vaccine. Wow. I don't know. If that that's not validated. I'm not claiming it to be that, but I heard it's a high number like that. Well, in, here you can, yeah. this one was two days. Intuition, um, I, I just, you know, sometimes God gives us this intuition and this foresight of like what's going on. And I was telling Bobby, I was like, can you see it? Like everybody's so ready to take off the mask and get their vaccine and have freedom again. Then they're gonna start opening up events and all these people that have this experimental poison in them are going to be shedding it onto the people that haven't and getting, everybody's gonna be getting sick. And it's when I just wanna kind of- well, and, then, and then fall's gonna come and then people are gonna get that, you know, fall sickness again. It's, it's just the cycle of the year. It's nuts. Right, we're going to be talking about the potential long-term effects of, of the vaccine uh, here on some uh, coming up episodes next week. Uh, next week, we're going to have Scott Seidel on. He's a 5G whistleblower, still working in the 5G field, rolling them out. And he's pissed. And um, he, he's an independent researcher as well. And um, I just want to get your take on um on on this this is one thing we're going to be talking about next week with uh, with scott is um you know a what if scenario i mean what if there are uh, experimental self-assembling nanostructures in these injections and either the first or the second or it's a process you know one two and then three and then a certain millimeter wave frequency or a certain 5G frequency is turned on that activates or has effects on these nanostructures. I wouldn't put that outside the realm of possibility these days, would you? No. Well, I mean, so let's go point by point. I'll, mm -hmm. I wanna start, cause that was, you know, I mean, that's a lot to digest for one. Um, to the first point, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to share with you while we're talking um, what I think has been going on with these vaccines. Um, so the link I just shared with you is Walgreens, the um, pharmaceutical, you know, I right, see. like your CEO. Yeah. We're injecting people with saline, not with the corona vaccine. 
how does that happen? And it's actually been a, a um, North Carolina. I mean, just as I look for it, this is an ABC 11 article, North Carolina woman gets injected with saline instead of COVID-19. So I, I think to the point that you made in the beginning of your statement that, you know, it could be done in the first, the second or the third, whatever injection, you know, to that, that gives credence to your point that in some cases of these injections, they're giving people saline. It's not the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh... Why would that, why would that even, why would there be saline for one? just in any of the syringes that are stored at the special temperatures that they have to store them. What sense does that make whatsoever? Uh, it just uh, kind of confuses me to think uh, that they would inject people with yeah, saline. Yeah, what's the reason? <laughs> right, well, here's an article about it in Germany from three days ago, nurse swaps Pfizer vaccine with saline to hide her fault. Mm -hmm. They're saying she 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 dropped a vial of the vaccine, so she injected the woman with saline. Hmm. I mean, but why would North Carolina hospital have that issue? Why would the Walgreens in um, North Carolina have that issue? Right. Hmm. So you know, I think there's a lot going on, and, and yeah, I mean, and if you actually go to AstraZeneca or Moderna's website, for example, what they describe the mRNA. And they describe it as an operating system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Moderna does too. Yeah. yeah. Right. And to your point, you know, to the point that you made, Bobby, about 5G, um, mm -hmm. you know, if that is an operating system, does that vaccine and that operating system work on the frequency that 5G is on? Is that something? You know, that and from a technology standpoint, I, I can't answer that because I have no clue. I haven't been able to, like, I'm not a. I can't put the vaccine under a microscope and then turn on 5G to see how it reacts, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, me either. <laughs> I mean, and, op and you just the word operating system. I mean, they're talking like this is taking over your normal body, it, like a computer, well, like we're a computer and they want to go in and modify our operating system. <laughs> yeah, the human body is no longer sacred. It's grounds for testing and experimentation and um, and has become an operating system for some. Well, and I think this also has to do with automation. You know, we're, we're about to take the next evolution into automation into this world. So kind of like what you saw with the invention of the cotton machine, the cotton picking machine, mm -hmm. you no longer needed slaves to work the cotton fields. Yeah. You know, so now, I mean, with the rise of self-driving cars, um, you know, you see McDonald's is like firing people and just putting up like these computer kiosks. Yeah. I mean, do you need the cattle anymore? Why do you need the workforce? Now you that, don't need as many. That screams depopulation to yeah. me. <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah, I mean, and, and while we're engaging with these machines, people need to remember that they're learning humans they're learning how we operate um, and there are machines that have been created for war purposes specifically to kill people need to remember that kind of information um, well and even just I mean and don't even you don't even have to go that far I mean just just to even look at it from a different perspective of, mm -hmm. of just control 
Okay, here you have an opportunity where it's a small collection of a group of companies from across different industries, right? Mm -hmm. Small little pockets of people that, you know, control different stuff. And they want more control. And people, for some reason, are giving into it and they're buying into it because they control the media, they control the television, they control the schools. I mean, it's the same people that are in all these different positions. It's step by step. You know, once... So, you, I mean, and I know like we covered a lot, right? We talked religion, we talked tech, we talked um, passport. You know, yeah, passports, but like I think at the end of the day, you know, regardless of where someone sits on the field, I think I don't like to get into too deep into those topics, you know, only because I think from a shorter perspective, like there is a total totalarian control that's happening in, across the globe. They are breaking down economy after economy of Western nations. And then as soon as they're done breaking down our economy and everybody is dependent on getting a state handout, they're going to impose a one world government. Mm. Yeah. Surveilled by the machine. Yeah, it, exactly. And eventually you, you probably will see that robot dog walking down the street, scanning your COVID passport app. Jeez. Or when you yep. you know walk in and you are have violated yep. or let's say you haven't gotten your dose. Yeah. You know, where the world doesn't realize they're heading to is, is imagine when you are uh, a day late of missing your dose. You're bang on, you can't buy groceries, your self-driving car won't take you to work. True. Well, we'll be, we'll be. Yeah, the whole social crediting thing, yeah. that's just the whole experimental, like, they already doing it in China. You know. they, they've actually in, in PayPal, uh, uh, Walmart, and a few of the other larger corporations have already signed on to a pact for that. Probably so linked to linked the American to social crediting system is coming here. So but, it's obey or else. <laughs> correct. And do not do not do not have dissenting opinion from what your government tells you. Yeah. No matter what, there will always be pacts and groups of individuals that can think for themselves and and are going to resist and um, hopefully there are more little little podcasts and little radio stations underground radio stations out there uh, going into the future because more people need them uh, and a lot of the podcasts out there is junk like you can look up anything on a podcast network and you'll find it there's a lot of junk out there but you're not going to hear anything like this anywhere else. So I want to thank all of our listeners, all of our um, that have been on, um, and everyone who's been listening for a long time. So uh, I want to want to end this, and then I'll give you the mic for a few, for a few more seconds, Alex. Um, a company called ID Two Thousand Twenty on their main official website. They have, this is just one single sentence, but I want people to hear this and create an opinion on it. One single sentence, and they're, of course, they're a digital ID company that's pushing these COVID passports. Quote, 
But doing digital ID right means protecting civil liberties and putting control over personal data back where it belongs in the hands of an individual. End quote. Well, it, and, and to tell your users who ID2020 is, is that's Microsoft. <laughs> that's yep. Bill Gates. Yeah. That's the Gabby Foundation yeah. and Accenture um, and a few other major companies. But this was the initiative that they were trying to roll out in India. Um, India, I believe, signed up to put all of their citizens have to be on ID2020. They tried rolling wow. that out into the U.S. My mom warned me before she passed away. She's like, you guys are going to have to get these new IDs coming out soon. I'm not going to be able to travel or do anything without them. That was before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's not wrong. They've got, it's an identity pass, a health pass. It's basically like a digital wallet that controls all of your stuff. I, they, in the communities that I've been in, ID 2020 for years. I mean, we've been talking about these guys since... 2015, 2014. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just keep doing it. They're, they have like, I think a billion people have their stuff. It's crazy. I see. I see. Wow. Yeah. And they want to put your personal data back where it belongs. In, but when you say in the hands, in the hands I think about like, of the now people are like, their hands are going to be scanned. Kimberly, that's, that's double talk. You know, I'm they're using, they're using they're, double talk. Yeah. They're using the word hands as in, in, you know, figuratively in the hands of the individual, but also as we know about, you know, personal um, ultra secure um, identification, the most secure way is to implant them into the hands of the individual. Well, that, that actually becomes complex and, and I'll give you my, if they could, I believe they would want to do that to us. But the very fact that everybody has a smartphone you already have that. I mean, and think <laughs> yeah. about like the first thing that people do when they wake up. What's the first thing people do? They check their phone. Or they turn off their phone, the alarm on their phone. And then they check their phone. Mm -hmm. So they already Most carry that tracking device, the listening device. I mean, that device right there that you put into your pocket every day with you. If you want to oppose the government, do not carry a cell phone with you. That is how you break away from them. I agree. I had to train myself to sleep and when I would go to bed to plug my cell phone in the kitchen and then go to bed. Wow. Yeah, we put our, um, I, I was having issues years ago where it was affecting my sleep, even if it was in another room. Because That's right. you, you can't turn them off. So if there's signals coming in and out, they're actually affecting your brainwave patterns. So I was like having, unusually bad sleep and I told Bobby I said I think it's the phones we gotta we gotta do something about this so we put them on airplane mode and we put them in an aluminum case so if you put them in aluminum even aluminum foil and you can test it call your phone if it's an aluminum foil doesn't ring it's blocking the signal so we turn our Wi-Fi off and we're not using it unplug the box we put our phones at night, airplane mode, in an aluminum box, sleep great. So I, I, was, I was like night and day. I'm like, something is wrong. My sleep is being getting disrupted. So there's signals, even if it's in another room, it was still affecting my sleep. 
And if you think about it, we have certain brainwave patterns we're in at night. That's when we repair. That's when our body goes into repair zone. If it's getting interrupted, it's not repairing properly. That's, you know, call it what you will. I don't know why it was happening to us, but I'm sensitive to it. I'm sensitive to energy. So it was definitely affecting us. And I, that's one of the things I try to tell people. Don't take your phone to bed. Put it on airplane mode. Put it away in an aluminum container so you don't have, you're not affected at night by your, your sleep can be fully good natural sleep. Well, we're seeing all of this roll out and, you know, the phone, 5G, passports, the injections. There's a connection. We're just, we're trying to put the pieces together. If anyone has any, any comments or questions or any uh, investigative tips, research tips, email me personally at upandout at hush.com. And I'm going to be putting links, um, important links into the description of this podcast that you guys need to see regarding the just a few of the COVID passport companies and a couple of the uh, pieces of information that Alex sent over. So, yes, the software programmer, open source enthusiast, payment and technology programmer, Alex Hilton. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for being on the show again, yeah, Alex. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Yeah. But this is this conversation will continue. It's just um, you know, every day we're we're getting more detail about what's unfolding and we really appreciate to come together and try to help people see it at a bigger level it's really not about this is not about fear it's about solutions so how can we help each other that's right well i would just uh, like to, to to end it with you know I, I know a lot of people feel like they may be the only ones out there that feels the way they do or they don't feel like everybody um you know like their worlds are collapsing and you know i just want to say to people that there are tons of us that feel the same way that you do so um you know there's actually hope and i think now that more people are waking up uh we have a better chance of actually changing the world for, for the better absolutely yeah. we're figuring so it out yeah amen 100 percent. oh yeah, right. oh, yeah. That's why we're yeah. here all right stand, well and, and the last thing i would say is is no matter what now is the time to stand up for what you know is right so if you believe it's right, do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Do something about it in a positive way. Try and affect change. Right. Yeah, let the Holy Spirit shine. Stay resistant and know that Jesus was the ultimate revolutionary, no matter what uh, mainstream churches try to tell you. All right. We'll take, uh, take care, Alex. We'll talk. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. We'll see you soon.